Greg Gaston joining us now to talk some Tigers. You can hear Greg every single morning on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. And starting Monday, you'll be able to hear him call the Tiger basketball game versus Jackson State uh, on ESPN+. Plus. He's also on the Tiger sidelines. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. I want to start off with the football team before we get to the basketball team. What did you make of that win over the weekend against North Texas? A lot has been made this week about that game, about the job Ryan Silverfield has done. What did you think of that with the second-half comeback from, by North Texas? Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Fun time of the year, right, with basketball yeah. now starting up along with football. But, yeah, last week was one of those you, you get out of Dodge as quick as you can after the clocks uh, struck zero and the Tigers had won that game with that great, one-minute drive by Seth Hennigan, but it was, um, yeah, it was it was one you don't want to look back at. Maybe burn the tape. Uh, that second-half collapse was not one that was going to sit too well with anybody, especially the coaches and the players themselves, but the fan base certainly, and that drive pulled them out of the fire. So, again, it was a, a disastrous second half, but I should say near disaster because obviously the bottom line is the bottom line, and that's wins and losses. They were able to escape with that win. It is, Greg. That is the bottom line. And, and to people that are calling, e- even if that had ended up being a loss, even if Saturday's a loss, people calling for a coaching change, I just don't, I just don't think that is in the realistic world. And they get really mad at us when we talk about that <laughs> realistic world and, and, and want to say that we're all buddies with the coach. Let me again say it, say it again. And, and I, I wish it was different. I have never met Ryan Silverfield. I do not know him at all. I have never made a dime directly working for the University of Memphis or the athletics department. I'm I'm not defending him because I am a buddy of his. I've mm-hmm. I've even had that this week it, that I'm I'm a buddy of his. I doubt seriously he knows I'm alive. I'm defending <laughs> six and two and a and a pr- a pretty good football team. And you have the right to do so, and your opinion is uh, very important. That's why people tune in and listen to that. Now, I'm on the flip side. I know Ryan incredibly well. I do get paid by the Tigers to do football, to work the sidelines. Different from my basketball games, um, a little bit different in baseball, depending on whether I'm doing ESPN Plus or live stream. You know, there's different revenues for all of us. And, yes, I do get a paycheck from the university uh, through Learfield. However, however... I speak the truth, or at least I try to, when I give my opinion on my show, uh, 7 to 10, Monday through Friday. And people that take it uh, for what it's worth, if they think it's worth nothing, then that's fine. If they think um, that, that I have a, a good sense of reality, then that's fine as well. Look, I understand what the narrative was going to be on Monday if they had lost that game. And, and really, understandably so, how irate fans would have been in calling for his head. The problem, the, the issue is, that people want style points as well. They they want to win 45 to nothing. They don't want to have a second-half collapse. They want to have a quick start to begin the game. So does Ronnie Silverfield. So does that team. So does every team that competes. They want near-perfect games or perfect games if it's even attainable. I just look at the bottom. I am a bottom-line guy. Wins, losses, wins, Me losses, too. wins, losses. Right? They're 6-2. and two. They're bowl eligible for a 10th straight year. People are going to argue, well, who have they beaten? You can only play the teams in front of you. I know there's a huge game coming up in a couple of weeks, and they have to take care of business starting this Saturday against South Florida to make that game extremely important. But for last week, look, you want to 
you have the right, when we open up the phone lines or your text, to voice your opinion. If you think that that wasn't good enough, that's fine. I think a win is good enough. I don't care what happened. If it was a complete collapse and they had lost that game, again, it would have been a lot different, and we'd be talking a little bit differently as well, even from people I know and respect and like, like Ryan Silverfield. Well said, Greg. And and I, I really believe, and this, this is kind of, been a more of a end of the week thing like to now than it was at the beginning of the week. I do think it, it's, it's never one thing. And I, I don't think if you, if you had the, the pie chart of explanation, I don't think Ryan Silverfield is, is personally disliked. He sure can't be detested. The man has done nothing to be detested. Come on. I, I know detestable people in sports and Ryan <laughs> Silverfield has not done anything to merit that. I think the biggest chunk of the pie chart, the biggest slice, Greg, I think the undercurrent of conference realignment has people this, this sore, this irate. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I don't believe by any stretch of the imagination it's personable as well because, or personal, because people really don't know the guy. And I can tell you he's, he's a terrific guy. He's a terrific human being. I mean, I, I missed last week's segment on Thursdays when we have Coach on because I was sick. And he's texting me to find out how I'm feeling and if I'm doing all right. You know, that's the type of stuff that you really uh, appreciate from people. And there are, like you said, people in the sports business that wouldn't do that. They wouldn't care or they couldn't care less. I text but you, Jack, don't you? You, you? you do. You always do. But here, it's, let me add to what you said because I com- completely, completely, I agree with that completely. Here, it, two, two things. Number, number one is he follows Mike Norvell. And people got a taste of what it could be, not, not I think, annually, but they got a taste of what it can be for Memphis as they went to a Cotton Bowl, and now Mike Norvell has his team on the precipice of making the 14 playoff. That was the guy you had. You know, Mike Norvell's only come around once in a while. He, he's, a, he's a special coach. Doesn't mean Ryan isn't a terrific coach as well, but Mike Norvell was kind of the exception to the rule. And then you throw in, uh, you know, what, what you said, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. So people are now looking at everything that they're going – they've already made up their mind about Ryan. So they're waiting for the, the walls to collapse. They sure and they're going to nitpick even when they win. They're going to nitpick and say, oh, okay, it was a win, but look at what you did in the second half. Or it was Wait a win till Monday if they lose to South Florida. Greg. It, like, it's it's going to be unmerciful yeah. on, on me and Brian and you and, 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 and Dave and, and Eli. Uh, any defender, it's going to be unmerciful. Oh, Brent, there's no question about it, but we were talking about that on, on Saturday. I'm on the sideline watching that. I'm watching North Texas rally. I'm watching them grab a lead. I, I'm sure people are watching on television or those that were at the game. I'm right there on the sideline next to that team watching those guys. And what I did not see was despair. They were angry, but they weren't. Uh, we lost the game. They, Ryan gathered the troops. They got them together. They said, here's what we got to do. I mean, I'm not privy to the the play calling and the information or anything that was said on the headsets, but they still thought they can go out there and, and win a game and in a final minute drive in front of friends and family, Hennigan leads them down the field yeah. and then the much maligned Joe States who dropped a touchdown pass or what would have been a touchdown earlier in the game makes a great catch between two defenders and they win the game. People don't want to talk about the <laughs> drops that were made in that game. It should have never came down to that <laughs> last drive if they make some, if Blankensee makes the catch on a fourth and six, now you could mm-hmm. go back and forth whether or not you thought that he should have went for it on fourth and six, but the defense wasn't stopping anybody in the second half. He tried to put the game on ice. 
would have been on ice if the receiver had caught the ball. Now, Blackerson did some other good things, so don't get me wrong, I'm not piling on him. But there was one right between the numbers. That's the game. The game is over. Memphis runs out the clock. It didn't happen that way. They had to pull this, this rabbit out of their hat on that final drive. That's exactly what they did. But people who have already made up their mind are going to find every little thing to, to uh, dump on the coach. And, of course, like you said, if, God forbid, they lose this game or lose to Charlotte before that SMU game, it is going to be Katie bar the door on talk radio. And, and, and Greg, I, I'm, I'm not from a particularly lar- large family. There's not a, a lot of us. It's growing with my nephews making up, making up for a lot of work <laughs> with, 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 with their children. But I think I've got more friends and family than we're at North Texas. <laughs> it was, it, it was unbelievable. The small crowd that there was now, there was threats of bad weather all day. There was bad weather in the morning all the way up to kickoff. And then it basically stopped. They so didn't have sure. enough to tear the goalpost down. <laughs> no, they didn't. But I'm not sure if that altered the plans or not. Here's the thing, though. I don't know if I don't they had enough to dump the Gatorade over the coach's head. <laughs> You're bad, man. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole again, but <laughs> the last couple of weeks being on the road, seeing that stadium in Birmingham, small yeah. crowd. Seeing that stadium in Denton, small crowd. And, you know, of course, some of the people that were down there that were fans of the team, still the narrative was, of course, all together now on campus that's right stadium that's, that's right. all the talk was every time i go to these these uh places now that have on campus stadiums i keep hearing about that but it, it is what it is uh greg what do you expect this saturday a home game for the tigers against usf but this usf team has kind of been up and down this season there's been some games where they go out and they get blown out by 20 points there's other t- uh, games where they go out and they'll beat an opponent by 20 points or so and, and that offense looks like it could be figuring something out what do you expect uh to see from usf this weekend okay well let me say this if, if the tigers play clean which they have played clean the last couple of games the tigers will win this football game yeah. but i think you're going to get another shootout i i think usf is going to be able to score on that Tigers defense, which at times has looked good, and at times it has looked poor. And this is a team that is a, I mean, I'm telling you, a fast-paced offense. Do not blink. They get off about 82, 83 plays at the third fastest as far as tempo is concerned. Alex Golish is their coach. He comes over from Tennessee, coaching the offense under Josh Heupel. So that's exactly what you're going to see, a team that's very capable. Memphis will have to be on the, the top of their game to force a turnover or two to derail that team. But if you can cause that, then you're going to end up winning and winning convincingly. We've seen that by some of the results of the games that they play. Of course, the anomaly is that game against Alabama in the bad weather when you just scratch your head and go, how is that even possible? Uh-huh. I know they didn't do much offense. And they looked the part that day. Their defensive the guys looked like they belonged in that game. They were, they were certainly hyped up for that game, and they played it. And I, I've been told by the coaches, we had our coaches meeting today, that they look the part when they get off the bus. So it's not, it's not going to be like North Texas last week, when to me it was one of the smallest defenses I've ever seen, like up close and personal. I go, wow, that's a small defense. They had a big nose tackle, and everybody else was really, really diminutive. This team will look the part. They're big. They've done a pretty good job here lately now with NIL with Golish. And I, I have always thought it's a sleeping giant, but it's been sleeping too damn long. Mm. Uh, probably the, the, the fan stake down there in Tampa. But certainly in Florida, 
the money now that's rolling in, they should be able to put that program into a higher tier in the conference. I, I just don't understand why it hasn't been there. But it's a capable team. You turn it over a couple of times, they'll take advantage of it. So I expect, again, high-scoring game. But Memphis, look, they're a 13-and-a-half-point favorite for a reason. The guys in the desert, they usually know what they're talking about. I don't think, though, Memphis will cover that line. Again, unless there's some turnovers they force, and then they'll, they'll run away with it. But I think it, it's still going to be a, a 10- to 13-point win by Memphis. Again, I, I'm pretty confident in Memphis outscoring USF this weekend. What have you heard on the injury front for Rock Taylor and Jonah Gamble? Jonah Gamble will uh, more than likely not play, mm. but he is getting better. It's not a season-ending injury. Rock Taylor is a go. Rock Taylor is a go. Good. Cameron Smith is a go. Some of the guys that were banged up in the game against North Texas are going to play. Has Seth Hennigan become the Joe Jackson of Tigers football? <laughs> the Joe Jackson of Tigers football? King of Memphis. Uh, no, I, I, I don't. Joe, Joe Good, appreciated, record setter, but... Not not many are not many are going to think of him in, in the super elite. Well, here's the thing. Though. Here's where I, there's the difference. Okay. Joe Jackson was expected to be the like second coming. He was the Memphis kid. All the talk was about Joe, and Joe ended up having, like you said, I, I think you were trying to make that point that he put up some pretty darn good numbers but oh, you, you know you they go through that record book joe joe jackson is there oh yeah yeah joe jackson was here and he put up numbers but they expected joe jackson to be a four-year all-american with seth hennigan he doesn't he, he didn't hail from memphis the I, I don't even know if people knew who he was when he got here but i think he is to your point an underappreciated quarterback and i think a lot of that comes from the kind of the the order that he's going in. I mean, when you're following Brady White, when you're following the numbers that Riley Ferguson put up, when you're following Paxton Lynch, it's easy to forget about the numbers that Seth Hennigan's starting to accrue, starting to put together. And his, he's leaving his mark, certainly, on Memphis football. The question will be, is he going to be here next year, or... Is somebody going to dangle big money towards him as far as an NIL deal somewhere else? That's something that don't worry about after the season. But hopefully Seth Hennigan, who loves it here in Memphis, loves everything about it, will stay for another year. He's, he's not ready by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know if he will be ready ever to be an NFL quarterback. He might get an opportunity, but I don't, I don't see him leaving. I see him staying for another year. But whether it's at Memphis or somewhere else, that's to be determined. But I think he's a bit underappreciated for what he has done and how consistent. Plus, he was thrown right into the fire like Joe Jackson as a freshman. Our guest is Greg Gaston. He's on the Tiger sidelines. He's with us every Thursday, and it's brought to you by Jim's Place in Collierville, the offices of Stephen Leffler, Mount Moriah Auto Sales, and Neil's Bar and Grill. Greg, uh, we haven't talked to you since the Tiger basketball team had their first exhibition game against Lane College. They'll have their second tonight against Lemoyne Owen, and next time we talk to you, they'll have one real game in the books. Uh, what did you make of that first exhibition for the Tigers, and, and what do you want to see tonight against Lemoyne Owen? Looked really, really good. Javon Quinterly did not play. I believe he's going to go tonight, so obviously I'm looking forward to seeing him run the show at point. They slid Caleb Mills over for the most part as the point guard uh, against Lane, and then they brought in Jalen Young from UCF, who will be a backup point guard. 
I thought they did a lot of positive things. They shot the three ball well. They got to the hole. They played good defense. The only thing, and again, maybe I'm nitpicking here, the only thing I saw that bothered me a bit was Lane, which was massively undersized, went in there and banged and got a bunch of offensive rebounds. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but something like 11 rebounds, offensive rebounds. Double-digit offensive rebounds against that Memphis massive front should never happen. You know, that, a lot of that is effort, and I thought Andre Turner's team really had uh, a, ga- a game as far as the effort. is. Of course, they got crushed on the final score, but the effort was there. You could tell they're well-coached. 13 but I offensive Memphis, rebounds. Yeah, 13 offensive rebounds is a lot of offensive yeah. rebounds for a team that's very, very small. But to see what Memphis can do in the paint with Jordan Brown, even Malco came in and looked good. To see what they could do outside shooting, led by David Jones and Ashton Hardaway, who's got that size and that nice three-point stroke, and then the ability to get to the hole, which certainly they got two or three guys, including Quinterly, who we didn't get to see against Lane. Uh, I love the, the different options that they have. Penny has a lot of options on the floor at any time. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a for, – for it being an exhibition game and you take it with a grain of salt, I, I thought it was uh, a pretty impressive show. Greg, I, we're going to do it next Wednesday. We know the Tigers play on Monday, but everybody's kind of giving that one as a as a W for the Tigers over Jackson State. We're going to go through the rest of the schedule next Wednesday at three thirty. Do you and Eli do y'all go game by game on college basketball like we do all the college football? I know nobody does it for Grizzlies because it would put everybody to sleep. <laughs> it would take a couple of days. Uh, no, we, we we do not. We usually give kind of just an overview of how we think they're going to do. But yeah, Where, where's that's, your that's, ballpark on on wins I, and losses I, out of the thirty one games? I still haven't looked at that, Brett. To be honest with you, I will do that to make sure I have something for our next meeting next Thursday when we get together and give you kind you of don't a, have to. no a homework positive. required, Greg. You know that. Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't mind doing a little homework, but yeah, I I, I want to look look at it, kind of break it down a bit. But all I know is this, and we've talked about it before. Uh, how extremely important it is to get going early. They're playing one of the toughest non-conference schedules they've ever put together. So to get going will only help them more when it comes to postseason play and seeding. This is all. This is the toughest part of their of their schedule. The conference is not. They and Florida Atlantic should be battling yeah. those two teams, and everybody else is just you know there for the ride. I'm not saying that you're you're only going to you know, possibly lose to Florida Atlantic and beat everybody's brains out, but it's certainly possible. Fifteen to three is doable. Yes, there's there's no question. You know, I'm trying not to put down the conference, but really, it is a top-heavy conference of two teams, and then everybody else is there. So, how you make up for your strength of schedule, RPI, and all that stuff is what you do in the non-conference portion of your schedule. They play a tough schedule. They have to be successful. They have to go down and win in the Caribbean. I mean, win the tournament. It would be great. It would go a long way in helping Memphis be a four-seed or a five-seed as opposed to being an eight or a nine-seed. That's what you want to do, and you got to take care of business early. That means you have to gel early, and that trip, I think, to the DR certainly helped. Mm. These guys have been together for the most part uh, a long time, going back into early, uh, for some of them, the early portions of the summer. For some of them, a little bit later on in the summer, but they have been together now for a while, and we saw that uh, chemistry uh, certainly displayed in the game against Lane. 
I'm calling the first game against Jackson State a gimme W, and I'm calling the last non-conference game against Austin P on December 30th a gimme W. In between, it's 11 big games. There's uh, there, there's there's one or two in there that that's I, I think gimme Alabama State uh, I think should be, but the rest of them, uh, rest of them are really competitive. Not just against the SEC, but the Tiger basketball fans. A road win at VCU. Uh, a, a road win at Texas A&M, that is SEC. Tigers' seed will be set after they play Vandy on December 23rd. Yeah, got Clemson, you got Virginia, of course, Ole Miss. Chris Beard, by the way, will be on our uh, show tomorrow morning at 8.30. Shameless plug. Check out Chris Beard on Sports, uh, Sports 56 Mornings. Mm-hmm. But here you go. Um, yeah, there's there's Penny has put together that schedule and would like to even have a harder schedule if he could. And that's hard enough, but he would if he could get Kentucky and he could Arkansas. get Arkansas and he could get Arkansas and Villanova, Tennessee he will try to get them. Yes, he has mm-hmm. he has tried to get Tennessee. He has mm-hmm. tried to get Arkansas. He has reached out to others. He wants to play as hard as I think they still have I think possible. they've got caller ID at Tennessee and they don't take the call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that one ain't happening. That one ain't, but there's other ones that I think absolutely can happen because he knows, as everybody else does. Let's just face it. I, Mike Oresco, you put put some earplugs in your ears, and I love you, buddy. But this is a bad, especially bad basketball conference, really with the exception of two. And who knows if Florida Atlantic will have sustaining power for years, mm-hmm. like we know Memphis will. So that's what you have. So you have to take advantage of it by playing that really tough schedule. But that means you have to win the bulk of those games because if you don't. You're talking eight, nine, ten, C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's gonna gonna start uh, with what we think is a gimme on Monday, but then that big game Friday night without Penny Hardaway on the sidelines against Missouri. So they're gonna have to yeah. start off fast. But Greg, thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next week. Yes, and, and guys, just because you think it's a gimme, make sure you tune in on Monday. Absolutely, we'll be on the broadcast. We'll. Myself and John. Thank you, guys. Thanks. You Greg. got it, Greg. Greg Gaston from the Tiger sideline. And you can listen tomorrow morning with Eli Savoy from 7 to 10. And I know they got John Varlis. I know they have Brandon Lang and got Chris Beard tomorrow morning at 830 on these airways. Really, really great lineup. Great show. Great fellas. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Gene on the historic square in Collierville. They've been there since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens and now with his wife, Laura, they own the place in the square in Collierville. It looks like something out of Courier and Ives. You want to get in the Christmas spirit? Right now on November 2nd, you can by going to the historic Collierville Square. It looks great there. It looks great inside and feels great and smells great inside Hewlett Dunn with all that leather, all that Western wear, work boots, safety toe or soft toe, rubber boots. They've got it for every occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. From head to toe, they've got you covered with every brand imaginable. Anderson Bean, Dan Post, Ariat, whether it's for men or women or for children, they've got it. Men's and women's clothing, jeans, pants, shirts, shorts outerwear, jackets, and the best duckhead collection you'll find. You need that perfect jacket gift for the holidays? 
That's that's your stop right there at 111 North Center Street. Stop by, visit with Charles, visit with Laura, say hello, or go to HewlettDunn.com. But better yet, get to the square in Carryville. Sunglasses, boot care products, hats, every area team snapback. They've reordered all the cool hats you can think of for Grizzlies, Tigers, State, Tennessee, Ole Miss, the Razorbacks, and the travel bag selection top notch for travel season around the holidays. HewlettDunn.com. But please stop by and visit and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the historic square in Carville. It looks perfect there, and it feels perfect at Hewlett and Dunn. Well, we're late for a break, but when we come back, we're going to get to what's trending. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you as we have less than 30 minutes left in today's show. And we just got... Uh, finished talking some Tiger football and Tiger basketball with Greg Gass and the Tiger basketball team in action tonight. Their second exhibition game tonight against Lemoyne Owen before they start their season on Monday against Jackson State. And Brett, we've talked a lot um, about this non-conference schedule. Penny Hardaway even put it into words after their last scrimmage of this non-conference schedule, and when you look at the teams on there, Missouri, Michigan, Ole Miss, VCU, Texas A&M, Clemson, Virginia, Vanderbilt, that's not even to mention maybe a showdown against uh, Arkansas, maybe the possibility of playing a Villanova or North Carolina if you make it far enough into the tournament they're playing in. Mm-hmm. Um, the non-conference is everything this season, and Penny Hardaway said that he said it. after the game. Those were, yeah, his words. Not our words. No, not our words. His words, um, what do you make of this team when it comes to, Brett, only two returning guys? And I know that's that's kind of the state of college basketball right now, but they're going to have to mesh, come together um, really fast before that first kind of big game against Missouri on Friday. They sure are. I don't feel as good as I did a year ago because I knew exactly, and we got exactly what I knew about Kendrick Davis. Yeah. I think Javon Quinterly mm-hmm. will be fine, but I want, I want to see him, you know, make or stop with sure. uh, minute 12 to go up at Mizzou. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, a week from tomorrow night. A week from tomorrow night. That's right, which is incredible that, to think. A week from tomorrow night, we'll not be talking about the first game of the season, but we'll be talking about the second game of the season, which which feels good. But, no, I mean, I've, I've heard people, I, I think it might have been Dave Woloshin, um earlier this week talking about this team, and, and when you look at last year's team, it was really – um, you know, Kendrick Davis or, or DeAndre, and that was really uh, your two options. Yeah, there would be times where other, other guys would stand, step up, but you knew what you were getting from those two guys. I think this year you have way more options. You have a lot more scoring options. You've got a lot more guys that can step up and take over, but then that same and, conversation. And, and coaches said up. he thinks this team is ahead defensively. Yeah, yeah, which is, is, is interesting to hear. And I think, you know, you got some, some guys with length. You've got some big guys out there. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how this team comes together and, um, you know, who kind of is able to, 
to, to take over. I heard uh, maybe it was on John's show today. Uh, I forgot who I heard talking about it, but you know who is going to be that guy this year? Is it um, you know is it this guy or will this guy be the leader of this team? And and I think the happy medium for this team might be not to have kind of that star of this team, not to have a Kendrick Davis out there, but kind of be that by committee because you just have so many guys you can rely on, especially with the old but very true mantra of. One ball. One ball. Hey, Brett, it, it seems simple, but uh, it does. It gets a little complex in the locker room sometimes. And, when, and I uh, think Coach Hardaway, I, no, no, I, I know Coach Hardaway, he he has the earned gravitas as a head coach, not yeah. just Penny Hardaway, yeah. but as head coach Penny Hardaway. I think he, is, he has gotten to where he can drive that home. Hey, tonight might be Sharon Fonts night. Yeah. Tonight might be uh, – the FSU transfers night. Yeah, Tonight knows, could yeah. be somebody else's night. Yeah. I, I, I think on it. Last year, it was Kendrick, go do your thing. Right, right. So, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to see more of that, and that might go into, you know, I know it's going to be a conversation against Jackson, maybe not as much against Jackson State, but I'm sure you'll hear people talking about it after Missouri. You're going to hear people talking uh-huh. about it Rotation ahead of the tournament. Rotation. How many guys is Penny playing? Who's getting mm-hmm. the minutes? Yada, yada, yada. And this really might be a team this year, especially those freshmen, because you've heard so much about Ashton. You've heard so much about Carl Sharonfont. You've heard so much um, about J.J. Taylor, who didn't get a ton of minutes. I don't know if that was disciplinary or, or what happened in that first exhibition where he didn't we'll see, see tonight. Uh, a ton of time. That's right, we'll see tonight. Um, but that th- it might be a point where when you get down to seven, eight, nine in that rotation, you might see it rotating between a couple of fresh, freshmen, uh, between a couple of those guys, and, and really Penny Hardaway able to kind of play with these lineups and say, all right, who has the hot hand tonight? Who do I think I can rely on based on what I see this other team doing defensively? And tomorrow at 5, we start our regular Friday visits presented by Jim's Place Collierville, Jason Munns, the commercial yeah. appeal men's basketball beat writer for Tigers basketball. He will be with us starting tomorrow all the way through, we hope, all the way through in Phoenix. Did you? I thought of this last night. Places in American sport (laughs) that's hosted World Series, Uh Super Bowl, Uh NBA Finals, Uh and a Final Four. Yeah. Phoenix... Had the Super Bowl last February, right? Yep, sure did. They had the World Series just yesterday, this this week, right? They've got the Final Four uh-huh. next spring. The Suns could be in the Final Four <laughs> next could. June. They really could be. I mean, I, very few um, places you could say that about. And, and Arizona is, you know, you could really make a case that before we finish twenty twenty four, you know, New York's done it, sure. and 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 Los Angeles. I, I don't know that I, I know I know Boston hadn't because it's never hosted a Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think Vegas is close to doing that. Um, uh, no, no NBA Finals though. Uh, that's well. I think when I think we're well, getting expansion maybe, here maybe, soon. I think maybe, shortly maybe. after that, um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Vegas expands and immediately gets a a somewhat decent team that can make a run. Minneapolis did, and I want to say Minneapolis. Maybe maybe had the, the, the stadium trifecta of all time. Fall of 91, Twinks in the World Series. January of 92, they hosted the Super Bowl, Washington and Buffalo. Yeah. Springtime, Duke won a Final Four up there. But but 
but no NBA Finals yeah. in, in Minneapolis. Yeah, I mean, very few you could say that about. That that really look at is Phoenix, and look at Phoenix. Very well, could could do it by the end of twenty twenty four if things play out right. Houston, Houston's done it. They've had NBA Finals. Yeah, they've had World Series. Yeah, they've had Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they've had they've Final Four. The Final Four. All right, throw Houston in there. Interesting. Da- da- Dallas has done it. Dallas has done it. Yep. Dallas could even throw in Stanley Cup. You could. Wow. How about that? So even more. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. But Phoenix. I mean, like, like here, we, we, we can't. Right. We, 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 you know, we're not ever going to have a Super Bowl. Right. Can't, Kansas City can't. Right. Uh, Cincinnati yeah. won't. Yeah. But, I mean, that's right. I mean, there's very few that cities can. that <laughs> even fit the criteria. And then to be able to go out and do it is a whole nother layer. And, and then there's Miami that's never had a Final Four. Right. I mean, it's had World Series. It's had. Super Bowl. It's, that is it's, interesting that yeah. Miami has never hosted a Final Four. No, uh-uh. never have. Uh, only Final Four in the state of Florida was at St. Pete at the place you got to cross oh, the bridge. jeez. Duke St. won it. Pete. Good Lord. Well, good for Duke, I guess. Yeah. Way, to go, <laughs> Way to go, Duke. But no, you're, a, you're a closet Dukey, though, aren't you? No, I 100% am, and I'm not I'm not ashamed of it either. You're not even closet. You you're, you are a Dukey. I mean, I, I wouldn't call that. I took a shot at Shira last year, and I think it's one time that you really got mad at me. Maybe I don't know. I I don't know Duke. I just growing up watching Duke. It, it, I kind of like watching was in private. I, I'm busting myself yeah. off. I, I I I said I I said I've never wanted to see a punk lose in his first year more than Shira, and it made you mad at me in the hallway. You said, "Why would you say something like that?" <laughs> and I thought, "Oh oh man, I hit the I, I hit the wrong spot with Brian." Yeah, I don't know. I've always just kind of had like a little like you know a little love for Duke, and okay. I don't like to share it because. I don't like to share it like out because like because I'm not a huge fan of Duke, but if Duke's on and I'm not watching anybody else, like more times than not, I'm gonna flip on the Duke game. But yeah, because it cuts both ways. It You're sure gonna find p- plenty of people with you, but then the antis, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they come at you hard. But I I don't know if I would call myself more of a Duke fan or just I don't have a problem with Duke, and I just kind of you know wa- like watching them. Great coaching, great basketball. So I mean. What's not like? I, I I didn't for a long time. I did not sh- I did not share in it for a long time. Mine it has come on in the last few years. Yeah, really. Uh, there was a uh, forever. I love Shashevsky, and you know, lo- yeah. love the story. West Point point sure. guard for Bobby. Can yeah. you imagine playing for Bobby Knight when uh, he was twenty seven? I was about to say a old. Bobby Knight that was only like three years removed, four years removed from college. with a crew cut. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. I mean. I mean, be, be scared of anybody with a crew cut. Yeah, yeah. Me and me and John were talking about that earlier today, and and John said, "Well, he was pretty young when when he started coaching at at West Point." Twenty four. I, I said, "John, nineteen sixty five. Yeah, I said, "John, he was three years removed from college," and he goes, "No way." And I go, "Yeah." So yeah. I pulled it up just to make yeah. sure. I said, "Yeah, he was he was extremely young." Twenty four and sixty five, and he got Shashevsky about sixty eight, sixty nine or so. Recruited him yeah. from Chicago. And you know he, he's he's not that much older than him. Well, that's why I'm saying there's uh, there's been pictures that have gone around over the last 24 hours since we got the news of, of Bob Knight's uh, passing. They're great pictures, but I mean the picture of of him and Coach K together, and yeah. I said look like teammates. I mean you can if I didn't know, really did. I would look at that and go, oh, there's just two teammates in a picture together, not not they, coach and player. Now you know Shusevsky, he, he tells the story. Now, I, I think they kissed and made up, didn't they? I, I've not seen an official statement from Mike and Mickey Shashevsky about the passing of Coach Knight. Have you? 
I don't. I haven't seen one. I want to say I saw a headline that said Coach K on the passing of Bob Knight, but and, and I don't you, know. And, and you know he's going. You of know course, he's going to be high yeah. road. You, 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 he will. Right. You, you just should, and he will. But they did have the out years where they they had fallen out. Really, I had, yeah. it don't surprise me, but but uh, I think they fell back in. Is well, that's good. Most of us do, especially yeah. as we start getting older and realize, you know, we got, we got a lot, a lot more good shared common right. things than we do bad. But e- e- ego can cause things sure. to happen. Absolutely, absolutely. But and uh, the fight and winning sure. and all yeah. that goes into that. It's, it's very complicated dynamic and complicated and, relationships. And, and it, it it is with it is with Bobby Knight. It is. Certainly. I thought I, th- I thought Jay Billis' statement and and. And kind of defense of him was really nice. Yeah, really very nice. nice. Re- really, really nice. What I've seen um, coming out from a lot of people in the basketball world has been uh, really nice, but also very fair in, in terms of of Bobby Knight's uh, life and, and, and his career as a, a lot as went a coach. With it. it sure did. Very complicated. A lot went with it, but I mean, you can't deny a and, and unbelievable. I'm not, coach. I'm not. I'm not running. I'm not. I'm not speaking of the deceased. I'm not. No. But I do know of stories from the 1984 Olympic tryouts in Bloomington on campus at IU at Assembly Hall that the treatment of Keith Lee was horrible mm. by by that that I staff that. and by people at that. I hate that, especially when you bring up a, a guy like Keith Lee. I I hate to hear that. But no, it's it's excited. I mean, that's obviously sad news. But it's you know it's exciting. Getting back to our original point about the Tigers, it's exciting to to kind of get this season started. And and Monday will be here that final exhibition. Uh, kind of see where everything stands before be. they get to that first game against Jackson State on Monday. But we got to get to a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show. Talk about crunch time. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today, less than 24 hours after the Texas Rangers hoisted uh, the World Series trophy. We have odds for the 2024 World Series. Go champions. Cardinals! The Braves. Well, the Cardinals nowhere near the top. The Braves oh. lead the way at plus 600. Dodgers right behind them at plus 700. Rangers, who just got done winning it, are third at plus 800. Astros also at plus 800. And then the 
Philadelphia Phillies rounding out the top five at plus 1,000. I would love to know what the Rangers were a year ago right now. Oh, that's a great question. Nowhere near the top. Uh, what I learned today is that rarefied air, that club Corey Seager's in. Oh, yeah. He's and, uh, three of the four still alive, only Bob Gibson to see Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, Mr. October, and Corey Seager. And he earned it. He sure did. He sure did. And rare air now. Who thought Corey Seager would be uh, among and, and those you, groups? He's got to get a ball autograph with those other two names oh, man. on it. Oh, uh, that would be unbelievable. It really would. Um, what I could have done without, and it really kind of goes back to something we talked about earlier in the show with Bill Bender, but it's this entire Michigan situation because I love the way Bill talked about it and the way he said it. He basically said tired of just talking about this either big 10 ncaa do something about it or let's move on it is it's tiring that every single day when we have great we had great games last saturday we have great games this saturday and every college football schedule tonight we oh my gosh brett i looked at that earlier i couldn't believe the games we're having tonight but everyone wants to continue to talk about this michigan story let's play ball it's the middle of the season we don't need to be talking about this every single second of every day I could have done without some of the score settling uh, and rancor out there concerning Bobby Knight. It hadn't been a lot of, but you know, there, if there was one person on earth that wouldn't mind people deviating from, look, you know, just everybody knows. Yes. Just say you're sorry to his family and friends and, and be nice about it. Don't speak ill of the deceased. But there was one person that wouldn't give a rip if, <laughs> if you laid into him today. It was him. He yes. did not care. And that was his style. That, that was his style, for sure. Where are you beaming tonight? Troy, Alabama, a matchup of two buddies of mine that I think will have great careers ahead. They're really, really uh, t- tight friends, too. Kane Womack for South Alabama against John Summerall against Troy. Both of those names, if there's an Arkansas list, Ooh. they both should be on it. Ooh, I Kane like Womack that. with his dad's connection and, yeah. and John Summerall with his SEC connections. Brett, that is a great game. I'm proud uh, of you for picking a G5 game to go to on a Thursday night. You sounded like me. I love it. Uh, I'm going to beam to this Thursday night football game between the Titans and the Steelers. I don't think it's the the best game of the weekend. I'm going to listen to a lot of it. I'm going to listen to a lot of it here, and I'm going to dip in and listen to Mike Keith's song. Absolutely, and so it should be a good game. I'm really interested to see what can Will Levis do in his second game as a starter for the Titans. What do the Steelers do? Steelers looking for a win. I think both teams could really use a win and are really looking um, to get things right, but we'll see what the Titans can do uh, after that win last week. TCU at Texas Tech, four and four Deeks, Wake Forest against five and three Dukies, four NBA games, fun night ahead. Yeah, it should be a really fun night with those NBA games, uh, two on NBA TV, Raptor 76ers at 6, 9 p.m. We get the rematch from a couple days ago between the Spurs and the Suns. So you're right, should be a really, really fun night. Let me also remind you that you can listen to that Thursday night football game between the Titans and the Steelers right here on Sports 56. Our coverage of that will start at 7 o'clock right after Reb Talk. But that's all the time we have today. Enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.